Amen. If you've got a Bible, turn to James chapter 3. Carrying on our series in James, uh, if you have the app on your phone, there should be some, it's called fill in notes, there's a little outline for today, and you can make your notes in there, and it's all private by the way, it doesn't get submitted to anyone, that's just for you, uh, I'm not sitting there reading them after the service, to see what you said, you can make your shopping list in there if you want to as well, things like that, um, but you might want to, it's a good, it'll help you maybe to focus, but also you might want to go back one day and go, what was that series in James? And you can go and find it, and you can find the comments that you made and the things that God spoke to you about. So James 3, um, and I will read from verses 1 to 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect and able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder whenever the pilot, wherever the pilot wants it to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Not pulling his punches, James, is he? All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. It's a memorable passage, isn't it? Any of you have been Christians for a while and know this. I've got three things to, to share with you, um, I hope concisely this morning. First one is the power of words. The second one is how are your words? And the third one is receiving God's words okay first one um uh, another verse here uh, just to start proverbs 23 verse 7 for as he thinks in his heart so he is that's a new king some of you know this i, I like that another uh, another version of that which is as a as a as a person thinketh within themselves so they become yeah what we think about is what we turn into Whatever we speak, think, and say, and write, and listen to is who we are. We are the summation of all of those things that we listen and hear. Um, oh, I've jumped ahead. James is trying to show us the difference between saying that we are Christians and being one in practice. I should have done that. That was the introduction. I missed it. Um, did you know, and we learned this with Lorraine last week from James, even the devil believes that Jesus died and rose from the dead and that Christians go to heaven. The devil believes that, but he does a very different practice. So James is working again and again through this whole book and every chapter that being a Christian is revealed by what we do. What we believe leads to what we really do. 
And James here moves to focus on what we say, our words, what we, um, back in this time, people didn't have social media or typewriters. We might say what we write, what do we post, what are the words that we use. And he's trying to get us to consider that. Um, And also in particular where we land in this passage is that it's the words that go into our heart are what come out of us. So then we get to the power of words. For as we think within ourselves, so we are. What we speak and think and say and write and listen to is who we are. And we probably live in a world that tells us we can create ourselves, but we are not free to be whoever we want to be. Again, I I always invoke and talk about behavioral psychologists and people that aren't necessarily Christians but know how human beings work. Nobody creates their own identity. It's impossible. We receive our identity from our friends and our family and how we grow up, the things that we value and the things that we believe. We are not a blank slate to create whatever we want to create. Now, a European emperor, Charlemagne V, I think it was, um, was, they were having this experiment hundreds, a few hundred years ago about words and the power of words. So he had some, this awful, awful thing to do. Had some children. They were fed and they were clothed and they were cared for, but they were to have no words spoken over them. Do you know what happened to all of those babies? They died. Without words, they died power of words. We need words. We are the summation of what we ingest and what we express. Now James uses these metaphors, doesn't he? A rudder, a spark, fire, poison to try and get our attention. Talks about hellfire. The power. I mean, the title for today is Sticks and Stones. You know, play on the word. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. You and I know have words have power. If anyone's had therapy, you know words have power. If any of you have had sozo and prayer, you know words have power. Words have power over us. And do you remember when I preached a few weeks ago from James 1? Any of you remember that, if you caught that? About looking in the mirror and getting a glimpse of who God has made us to be in creation and walking away and doing nothing about it. I shared that. And James says back then, this is key to James as well, that actually becoming who God made us to be is receiving the image that he has of us and his word. The words he speaks to us prophetically, the words in scripture, the words other people of the words that the mothers and fathers of God speak over us and into us is how we receive and are shaped and created in the image of God. So that's the first thing. If we are not getting God's words, the world, the flesh, and the devil will shape us. I was I was trying to imagine this because I say I never went to church till I was almost 17. And I remember the difference of, of a life filled with my mother and my friends and going to a service and hearing the Bible read and people singing about God and being prayed for and people praying over me. I could see myself differently because of God's word, the power of words. Second thing, how are your words? Luke 6, verse 45. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is Jesus. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What comes out here and what gets typed here is what's in here. And James tells us in these verses that there are three modes that we have. 
Boasting, cursing, and praising. Uh, I want to focus here. Praising will be the last one. But look at boasting and cursing. Um, In other words, James gives us a, my favorite word, diagnostic. If we look at the words that come out of our mouth, are they boasting, are they cursing, or are they praising? Because if one of those three things will show you what's in our heart. Now, boasting None of you went through this week and said, oh, I boasted my way through this week. Did we? No. Kind of weird, wouldn't it? People that boast don't consider themselves boasters. Um, Boasting is a military term. Any of you know that? Soldiers would boast for protection. It was a shield they would have up, and it was a way to force themselves. A soldier would boast their way. Boasting. It's, It's the etymology, the root of the word. And I was thinking, how do we take the word boasting and make it a bit more up-to-date? Maybe boasting is better expressed like this, our alibis we give ourselves. Do any of you know any friends who come up with the most amazing alibis for what they do in life? I heard a hmm. Do you ever wonder what alibis you come up with for yourself? With words. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. This isn't on the handout. I'm throwing this in as an extra this morning. The heart is deceitful above all things. Again, probably easier to think about friends. Think about friends and family who manage to persuade themselves with something in their heart about the most terrible decisions that they make in life. Our heart is deceitful. James tells us, do you remember these metaphors here? We have to be careful with our words. So boasting is our alibis, our excuses. And then cursing. Again, I don't imagine any of you this week said, you know, how was this week? I curse my week. Yeah? Or going to the office, I curse you, computer. I curse you, email. Yeah. But cursing is something we do. Cursing is to render judgment and denigrate others. Demean others. Speak ill of them and badly of them and say things about them and over them and often we do that in line with the other one to boast so that we feel good about ourselves at least I'm not like so and so if we were to pull up a news feed right now from social media and the news how much boasting and cursing do you think it would be full of I tried it this morning. I mean, I read the news and I look at my news feeds and I was like, oh my goodness, just endless. Endless boasting and cursing. And it is, maybe like James says, we wonder why our world is set on fire at the moment. So will we discipline ourselves and consume things differently? And like food, words that we consume become us. Um, I came across a little discernment exercise, a Christian practice that some Christians put together a while ago, um, and it was a, a way to like do a, a diet, you know, like a detox, but for your words and what we say and what we think. And it says this, don't complain or grumble, do this for a week, catch yourself, don't complain or grumble, don't boast about anything, don't gossip, don't run someone down, don't defend or excuse yourself, and always affirm someone else. So try that for a week and see what else comes up. Trying that might reveal. 
So how do we, instead of boasting and cursing, release God's words to us and for us and receive them and have them flow from us? Um, Acts 2, verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other, lang- other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Um, in verses 8 to uh, well, as I say, definitely 10, but also 3 to 12, James tells us we have a problem that we cannot fix ourselves. It's human nature for our words to be expressed in this awful way so often. Um, the only cure, James tells us, is to redirect our words and our self-talk to praising God. That's how we're transformed. That's how different words come in here and get in here and come out and shape me and form me. Praising God from the center of who we are, from our heart. So this, by the way, is not enough to just read a Christian hymn or a song or Bible. Some Christians do that forever and it never gets in here, does it? It's just words. But how do those words get from out there into... Here, having Christ in the center of what we expressed. And this is the catch 22, isn't it? Well, it works the same way with God's word as it does. Do you remember the illustration of those babies that die unless someone speaks over them? The way that we get the words of God into us is to have other people speak them into us. That's how it begins, and that's how it continues. It happens by spending time with others who have Jesus in their hearts and the words of God in their hearts, who speak them out over us. It's spending time with people who are the mirror that James talks about to us. In Acts 2, verses 1 to 4, James talks about hellfire, doesn't he? With the tongue. Has anyone been the recipient of some hellfire? My mother used to be vicious with her tongue. But James reveals a different fire, fire from heaven with our words. So how does this work in practice? I'm just going to speak off the top of my head as people come to mind. We have some wonderful small group leaders. They're all wonderful. And I will just pick some off the top of my head. You've had... A challenging week, you're sitting at home and you're thinking, Netflix or small group with Brian and Julie? What's it going to be? <laughs> Brothers and sisters, this is what's at stake at this moment in history. It was before COVID and it is now. And we can fire up Netflix and we can fill our hearts and our minds with more words that have nothing to do with God's purposes for us, or maybe once in the week. Because I know if you go to their group, they're going to pray for you. And something I learned from Brian, the Jesus in me will see the Jesus in you and mirror and say, oh, God's got this for you. Go to Pete and Claire Hardy's small group. You're going to feast on the word of God. Aren't you? Anyone here in Pete and Claire's group? Yeah? And also 
Sorry? And on food. Real food. Actual food and the word of God. Dahl. Dave and Lorraine. Go to Dave and Lorraine. They're going to love on you, but they're going to say, what's Jesus doing in your life? They're going to reflect it to you. I've had a difficult week this last week. And I was thinking in preparing for today, it was, it was only with talking with friends, when friends who love me and want the purposes of Jesus for me reflected that to me. And suddenly it gets in here. And that's really it in this. What are we going to take in? And what are we going to let God form in us and bring alive in us? Brian and Sally Smart. Man, get Sally Smart to pray for you. Robin and Sally. Sorry, Sally, I gave you a new husband. <laughs> Robin and Sally. You know what I meant. Get Sally. You're having a hard time. Things going through your head. Sit down with Sally. Have a chat with Jesus and find Jesus. That's the miracle of what is available to us. Words of eternal life, deliverance, freedom, identity, transformation, healing, hope. All of those things, if we'll reach for them and let other people reflect them to us. Thank you.